This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and as always, I'm joined by Nick Horwat. And we have a good show for you guys today. We're starting off the, the 200s of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, now episode 202, or if you'd like, it is season three, episode 28 of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. So what do we have on deck today? Of course, since our last episode, we've had two games. The Penguins won 6-2 against the Flyers. We'll talk about that briefly. Then they lost 3-2 to the Dallas Stars. And don't be sad that it's over. Be happy that it happened. The Penguins' 10-game losing or winning streak comes to an end after they blow a 2-0 lead to the Dallas Stars on Saturday. We'll talk about those two games. We'll preview Tuesday night's matchup against the Anaheim Ducks. And then we have an interview. We said we're going to do more interviews this year. We have Danny Shiree of DK Pittsburgh Sports joining us in the second segment of the show. So you have that to look forward to, as well as a Penn's poll. We'll finish it off with that. But Horwat, the Penguins winning streak is over. How sad are you? Is it is it is it doom and gloom from here on out, Pittsburgh Penguins fans? No, because guess what? You can't win them all. Yeah. And most teams that go on those long tears do nothing when it matters. I think back to, oh hell, the Penguins already have the longest streak in NHL history, only to lose to the Islanders in the second second round of the playoffs that year. Yes. Whichever round it was, it was they the lost second. in the playoffs that year. Yeah. Uh, I remember the Blue Jackets going on a very long tear that rivaled that, that streak, and then they ended up, I don't even think, making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Don't remember that streak at all, but or how they finished their season at all. Um... The undefeated New England Patriots, because football's hot on everyone's mind right now, lost in the Super Bowl. They went on a good long streak, but couldn't close it when it mattered. So, no, I'm not mad at taking a loss. Because, again, uh, teams that, you know, go on these long streaks and look good. They look good doing it, and it's a ton of fun watching. They don't do anything in the postseason. And it isn't that these aren't good teams. It's just that just the way sports are. Mm-hmm. So, no, I'm not mad we lost. Uh, I would have liked to have seen us play at all. I was at work and away from a TV, but you know what I mean. Um, just things, though. You want to win every game. That is the idea of it, but you just can't, and that's the way it is, and I'm not mad at it. And it was to Dallas, who also uh, beat us in a shootout last time. In Dallas this time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the winning streak is over, but here's the big thing for the Pittsburgh Penguins. How do you respond now that the streak is over? Because there's a while there that when you're on a streak like that, it starts to define your team. Like, hey, we are the team on the winning streak right now. And once you lose that, most of the national attention goes away. It's like, oh, okay, well, they won it. We'll keep an eye on them. But, you know, they're out of the limelight now. Here's when you get to see what this team is made of. You lost the winning streak. That's no longer your identity as the team on the streak. How do you bounce back, especially on the longest road trip of your season? You're now two games into a six-game road trip. You're heading into the California swing of things. And it's not going to be an easy four-game stretch here to end this this road trip. You have Anaheim on Tuesday, which we'll talk about. Then you have LA. Then you have San Jose and Vegas. All of those teams are very competitive teams this year. Maybe not great teams, 
but they're very competitive and they're in every single game. I expect nothing different whenever the Pittsburgh Penguins come to town. But before we get into all of those, let's talk about the games that we did see briefly. It's always nice to beat the Philadelphia Flyers if you're the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's always nice to absolutely pummel the Philadelphia Flyers if you're the Pittsburgh Penguins. But on Thursday night, it was a little bit unfair. Let's be completely honest. I mean, the Flyers were missing Couturier, Giroux, Provorov, uh, Sanheim. The list goes, Konechny, the list goes on. They were basically the Lehigh Valley Phantoms versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. And for the majority of this game, I would say 45 to 50 minutes of this game, it showed as much. And the Penguins went at 6-2. to two. There was a little brief part of the second period where the Penguins, you know, they took their foot off the pedal. And we'll talk about that. In Dallas as well, they tend to do that. We had a Sully speak last week where he said it's human nature. I said it's Penguins nature. And we saw it in sample sizes on Thursday. And we saw it on Saturday. But on Thursday night, at least it didn't hurt. The Pittsburgh Penguins came out with a 6-2 win. And at that point, Brian Rust was the first star of the NHL's week. I named him the first star of the week for the hockey hotbed. The guy had 11 points in three games against San Jose, St. Louis, and Philly. An absolute crazy run that was capped off in Philadelphia with a three-point night, two goals, and one assist. So, Horwat, uh, just your overall thoughts of the Philly game before we talk about Dallas. Man, it is so much fun beating the Flyers. I don't care who is or isn't in their lineup, to be totally honest with you. You're wearing black and orange, and you're playing in Philadelphia. At the what's Wells Fargo Center. I was called at the Spectrum because that would have been wrong. Uh, but yeah, it's always fun. Be and despite all of that, all those players being out, you know who wasn't Carter Hart, who's supposed to be, you know, the godsend of their finally the 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 solvent of all of their goalie issues and hot garbage. Well, and he's supposed to be better this year, is he not? Is he not playing better this he's year? He's playing much better this year. But also, you look at that game. He's the reason they were in it going into the third period at 3-1. to one. And it, it, eventually, when you give up the breakaway to Evan Rodriguez, who absolutely turned him inside out, when you give up the yeah. breakaway to Jake Gensel, who just absolutely sniped him, and then whenever you see Brian Boyle shorthanded coming down the wing, you know that he's the best sniper in the National Hockey League. So he went <laughs> and, and tallied that goal as well. So, I mean, he wasn't getting much help in the third period. I thought he played really well in the first and second period. But at the end of the day, you can only do as good as you can with what's in front of you. And there was nothing in front of Carter Hart. Yeah, no, it's the way it is, but um, it's still just nice beating the Flyers. I don't care who is or isn't in their lineup. Uh, We know Carter Hart is still a very good goalie. Um, Like you said, he's the reason why they were in it. Um, And Cam Atkinson is also another player that was in and is a very, you know, viable scoring threat and a very good player. And he did score. He's the only one. Yeah. And he's the only one that did score in the second period. Um, even from his days in Columbus, he's not fun to play against for the Penguins. So his stuff continued. Overall, though, looking at this Flyers game, that's a fun victory. You take it. You know, it's you take those. They're not easy wins, no matter what. But you take your advantages. Mm-hmm. You take control of your advantages, and that was one of them because they were a decim- the Flyers were a decimated team. That's a game you want to go into Philadelphia. Into Philadelphia is the key word there. Yeah. And collect a win, which we did. Well, that started off the six-game road trip. And then, of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins headed west, stopping in Dallas before they hit Western California. 
And uh, 3-2 to two loss to the Dallas Stars. And, and what was a very good hockey game, the Pittsburgh Penguins came out flying. It looked like the team that was on a 10-game win streak. I mean, they looked really good against the Dallas Stars, getting a 2 to nothing lead in the first period. First goal scored by Brian Dumlin, showing some shooting acumen. And, and the big highlight of that goal was the fact that Sidney Crosby was absolutely bodying Miro Haskinen to the front of the net. I mean, Haskinen is a great young defender, but Sidney Crosby just continues to be an absolute terror in front of the net and down low. He's a hard guy to stop, and he helped tie up Haskinen, which opened up a shooting lane for Brian Dumoulin. There's the Penguins up one to nothing. Then just a couple seconds later, Kasperi Kapanen, we've talked about him. He's been one of the, the downtroddens of the 10-game win streak. The one thing that hadn't been going well is, is Kasperi Kapanen. He gets a deflection goal. It's two to nothing. We see Tristan Jari is looking like Tristan Jari. He's playing well. And then, of course, in the, the end of the second period, seems like the Penguins are taking their foot off the pedal. And there's one goal. Okay, we get into the third period. Foot is off the pedal. The Dallas Stars are, are coming hard. Tristan Jari is standing tall. The Penguins are still getting some good opportunities. I think the first line for the Penguins, which was Crosby, Gensel, and Rodriguez in this game, because as we didn't talk about and we'll touch on in a minute, two players went on the COVID list, Brock McGinn and Brian Rust, before this game happened. And then the Penguins give up two goals late. They lose by a score of 3-2. to two. The win streak is over. But at the same time, the Penguins, that win streak helped put them in position to be a contender in the division or at least a contender for a top three spot in the division, catching up to Carolina, New York, and Washington. But Horwat, 3-2 to two loss. The Penguins got an early lead and then just took their foot off the pedal. It's something we've seen a couple times now in the past week. Is this an issue for the Penguins moving forward, or do you think this is just something that, you know, this is the third game in four days, you had to travel, and it was a matinee game? Which of those do you take into effect? You're you're muted, buddy. You're muted. I am still <laughs> muted, correct. I, uh, I hate my chair. But yeah, I'm taking all of it into effect because... You know, you, you see the, that win streak and you get everyone's hopes up. There's all these things being written and talked about of, we are now Stanley Cup contenders. I'm still not calling us a contender until we win a damn round. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not. We can we could win out the rest of the year. I'm not, I'm not taking that chance. But taking a loss, that's going to happen. It's, an, it's a matinee. Uh, we're starting the, the road trip. Uh, we're down a couple people to COVID. I think taking the foot off the gas is an issue but it's one that can be solved just by playing 60 minutes, and it's one that needs to be solved before the important games happen. Mm -hmm. Sure, they're going to happen in the regular season against a team you don't see all the time, on the road, on a road trip, in the afternoon. Sure, I understand it, but it's not what you want to see from a team that everyone is calling Stanley Cup contenders. So, um, I just don't want to see it. Again, I understand it, but that's something that you have to solve before the important games happen, especially if it's a consistent thing. And I'm also glad you brought up Kasperi Kapanen because, honestly, I forgot he was on this team during that entire road trip. Uh, three points? He, I think he played... We had, we had ten games, right? Ten games, one? one? Yeah, ten, ten game, one streak. He, had, he was in nine of them. He had three points. Three I mean, I get that Evan Rodriguez single-handedly won 10 games in a row for us. <laughs> but three points? I forgot he was on the team. He scored, and I... Like, five minutes beforehand, I heard uh, Josh Getzoff announce his name for I think, like, doing something. And I, and I just thought to myself, oh, yeah, 
Kasperi Kapanen's still on this team. I shouldn't have a thought like that. And then he went and scored, and I thought, okay, thank God you're still on this team. But still, I was trying to remember back. I was like, how much has he done in this 10-game win streak? Because it hasn't been much, and now that I'm looking at it, two goals and an assist. What the hell happened to this man? He's not having like, a good you season. You look back at these numbers, and it's not good. Mm-mm. No, he's not having a good season at all. Not one bit. And I don't know if part of that is because he hasn't, again, for the second straight year, hasn't had consistency with who his center is, and that might be the type of player he is. is he needs that consistency and that type of chemistry. So maybe once Malkin comes back, who we'll talk about in this episode, maybe that gives him the consistency for him to kind of light it up. But, you know, especially considering what we saw in the preseason and how he looked in those preseason outings, it's definitely been a disappointment, at least to this point of the season, almost halfway through. Yeah, it's this is not what we want to be seeing, especially from the guy that we all thought was going to have his have his year. Mm-hmm. And now I just don't know what I want to do with him. I mean, we're perf- he's on the ice and he's obviously contributing con- contributing something, but it's not showing up anywhere. Mm-hmm. Now I'd have to, someone would have to pay closer attention to his to what he is doing on the ice, but as of right now, I'm not seeing any good uses out of him because he's not putting up performances Mm -hmm. yeah he's had a rough season but when you look at that game altogether and to the original question like what happened that day I think it was a combination of several things I mean you look at one it was their third game in four days they had travel it was a matinee and they were coming off of a back-to-back which was one the St. Louis game was very very you know high intensity high action hockey and then of course you play Philly which even though it is the Philadelphia Flyers. That was a tough game because the Flyers, all of those minor leaguers had something to prove. It was a physical game there. So from going on that back-to-back to going into that third game in four days, I think that played a factor. I think the fact that they got up early plays a factor and the fact that they have taken their foot off the pedal in those instances, they did that once again. And then I think, you know, you scored 11 goals on Wednesday and Thursday. You're playing Dallas. You're not going to score a lot of goals against Dallas. I don't care who's in net. They have three good goaltenders in Ottinger, who did start, Holtby, and Anton Hudobin. And they play defensive hockey. You're not going to get a lot of goals. The Penguins getting too early. I think that they really took their foot off the pedal saying, yeah, this is different. We're just that different of a team. And then you see what happens. You get shut down the rest of the game. And Dallas... They wanted it more in the third period. They got those two goals in the third period, both from basically two feet away from the net. That's where you win those games against those types of teams. So I think it was a combination of a bunch of things. It was not an awful game by any means. There's a lot of good things to take from it. But the thing that I want to take from this now, the Penguins are no longer on a win streak. How do you respond? Let's... If I'm the Penguins, I want to see, for them, a response of winning three of the next four games to end the road trip. I want them to be four and two on this road trip. If that happens, then you can say that momentum is still carrying. That's what I I think the Penguins need to do here. They need to be three and one in California and then also add on Nevada for Vegas game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure we'll discuss it, but I mean, these are three vastly different California teams than what we've... Uh, than what we saw last time. I know we already have discussed it, but tack on Vegas at the end, and they're an interesting team. But, yeah, you want to gain some momentum back. You you know, the air has been let, let out of your sail a little, but 
collecting a few more victories afterwards to show that, hey, you're still a team to be noticed and still a team to be here, you got to win. Uh, and this is a great time to do it on the road against teams that have had your number recently. Mm-hmm. Trying to remember, at least in their arenas, um, and they're different teams this year. There's something to fight about. So let's talk a little bit about the next game on the schedule before we cut to break and bring on Danny Shiree Irving of DK Pittsburgh Sports. We had a fun conversation with him about 15 minutes of, you know, anytime you talk to Danny, and this is the first time he's been on the show and the first time we've actually gotten to speak with him. But anytime you, you text Danny, you message Danny, or even you follow him on, on Twitter, which is a great follow. I believe it's Danny Shiree PGH. The guy just makes you smarter. I mean, you learn something every time. It's like him and Jesse Marshall. Doug actually told me this, and it's a great it's a great point. Anytime you talk to, to Danny or Jesse Marshall, you just learn more about the sport. You do, yeah. And also, we did this interview before DK announced their big office building. That's Their big office is going to be open downtown, so uh, shout out to them. Good on them. That's a very cool thing. But uh, I don't know what will be going on other than – They'll have a little store there too. That'll yeah, be fun stuff. Yeah, we had them on before this interview, mm-hmm. or before that was announced. So, regardless, like you mentioned, every time we talk to him, or we see him tweet, or we talk to Jesse, or see Jesse tweet, you learn something new every time. Mm-hmm. They're teachers out here. Yep, it's what they do. So before we get into that, let's talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the Anaheim Ducks Tuesday night. You know, late night hockey is back for the last time this season for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They do still have a game against Arizona at one point. So there's going to be late-night hockey, but the 10.30, the 10 o'clock starts. This is the last long stretch of them here. We got four straight late-night games, which sometimes it's nice. But starting off, Penguins are going to take on the Anaheim Ducks. And we already saw this matchup a couple weeks ago during that win streak early on. It was, I believe, the second game of the win streak there. The Penguins beat the Ducks one to nothing at PPG Paints Arena. It really was a performance from Casey to Smith that we had not seen before this season, and we really haven't seen since this season. So I would imagine in that game you get to see Tristan Jari again. But the Penguins, I mean, we talked about this before. They need to bounce back. You need to see them score a lot of goals. John Gibson's been really good this year for the Ducks, if that's who the Penguins indeed see in net for Anaheim. He's been good. It's going to be not easy to score goals on the road there. I want to see how they perform. And again, they're going to be without, if my math serves me correctly, they're going to be without McGinn and Brian Rust, once again, I believe that is the last day for McGinn. He should be able to return Wednesday, and then Rust should be able to return Thursday if neither of them have symptoms, which we don't know as of right now. Right. Uh, that sounds about right. We'll be doing it without those two, but also as I pull up the, the Anaheim Ducks injury list, boy, howdy, it's long. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how updated this is or if – these guys will be back, but I'm looking at some of the names that are currently on their 10 injuries. They have 10 right now. There's Sam Carrick, Cam, Cam Fowler, Ryan Getzlaff, John Gibson. There's that. Derek Grant, Adam, Adam Henrique, Max Jones, Vinny Letary, Hampus, Hampus Lindholm, and Josh Mahura. Mahara? Mahura? Oh, it doesn't matter. I don't think he's even in the lineup normally. So... Who knows yeah. what we're going to be seeing in Anaheim. John Gibson is one of the names on this list for health protocols. So, and that was January 6th. That was four days ago. So who knows mm-hmm. if uh, we're even seeing Gibson or if it ends up being Anthony Stolarz or Lucas Dostal, who has played one game this year. Mm-hmm. 
it could be an interesting matchup regardless. Yeah. And, and here's the thing that we said the last time that this matchup came up between the Ducks and the Penguins. The Ducks, historically, the Dayton Heinen Ducks of last year, the year before, they didn't score goals. They were last in the league, I believe, two years ago. They were 30th out of 31 last year. But this year, they're they're jumped up to top 15 in the league in scoring. So this is not a team that you can take lightly anymore. I mean, Trevor Zegras is who he is. I mean, we all saw the Dishigan goal yeah. between him and Sonny Milano. They have a really good chemistry there. They're going to be a tough pairing to stop because, I mean, you saw Zegras. He scored a couple days ago, I believe, in his game. So... This is going to be a difficult matchup for the Pittsburgh Penguins coming off of that first loss. One thing that could help, and we don't know yet, but Evgeny Malkin, they did say he would probably return in the California portion of this road trip. Well, it's starting now, so, I mean, all eyes are on Penn's Inside Scoop or the Penguins' Twitter or anytime we see it, whether or not Evgeny Malkin is actually going to return. Yep, I keep checking Twitter to see if any <clears throat> updates have come through. Uh, nothing yet, at least. So mm-hmm. we'll see where everything goes. Uh, having him come back, all the critics are already they're they're ready with their Malkin's gonna ruin the chemistry tweets. They are saved in drafts, mm-hmm. and then all the smart people like us are saying he only makes the team better. I don't know if I'd call myself smart, but I I, I would definitely say that I don't believe that he's gonna ruin the team's chemistry. I, I went off on a little bit of a tangent when I was on uh, four checking TV last week with Doug Gladkey whenever they brought this up, and I said, you know what? If you think that he's going to ruin the chemistry, what are you actually thinking? Because if you look at it, the first line, when healthy, is one of the best lines when it comes to chemistry, and that's Crosby, Rust, Gensel. There's nothing wrong with that chemistry. Then the fourth line, great chemistry. Nothing's going to change there. The third line, we've seen Jason Zucker and Jeff Carter have fantastic chemistry. It's been great. And then you put on whoever you put on the right side. Danton Hine in there. Danton Hine hasn't seemed to have an issue with anybody this year. So that's that's fine. So you're saying that the chemistry is going to be ruined on this team when Malkin has to play with Evan Rodriguez, who's played literally everywhere and been the best player on the Pittsburgh Penguins this year, and Kasperi Kapanen, who we've only seen do positive things with Evgeny Malkin. So basically, saying that he's going to ruin the chemistry is saying that he is just a bad locker room presence and somebody that Mm -hmm. is not fun to be around. Look at any picture of Evgeny Malkin since he returned to the team. Does anybody not have a smile on their face when they're in a picture with Evgeny Malkin? Everybody is smiling. Even the media is laughing out loud at his press conferences. So if you're saying that he's going to ruin the team's chemistry, you're basically saying that he's a horrible human being or, which is the actual case, you're just trying to get clicks. It's stupid. Absolutely, just trying to get clicks. We get it, but also there are the people who genuinely believe it. I mean, people have been trying They're to stupid trade too. Malkin since. Oh yeah, <laughs> people have been trying to trade Malkin since at least 2014, and every year that doesn't end in a Stanley Cup is his fault. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's just one of those factors that we will be watching out for, regardless, because this team's doing great without him, and this is just the way sports sports roll. If this was football, he'd already be off the team. You know, they're a little harsher with that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But, hey, he's Evgeny Malkin, he's a future Hall of Famer, and he's going to get inserted into this lineup, and he should only help it, especially if he was the only good player. Well, not the only good player. We had a good playoff, so we just had bad goal sending. Especially if he was the best player in a playoffs that we should have kept going in. And he had, oh yeah, one knee. Yeah. Now that's a whole, now that's a fully healthy knee, and let's see what he can do. Mm-hmm. 
why not give him his chance? Because, oh, yeah, he deserves it. No, yeah, he's on this team. And when it comes to the media laughing at him, I mean, he's just a funny guy. You ever hear him They're laughing with him. General? No, yeah, he, <laughs> he, he still knows he can barely speak English. Oh, he can, though. Come on. Really? Oh, he can. He can barely he's, speak he's... English? Yeah, when there's a microphone in his mouth. I'm sure yeah. he's he's probably it's been what 15 years he's fluent in English but he does not want anybody to know that because he doesn't want to answer questions if he doesn't want to. No, he's supposed to call himself a rich guy. Yeah. You know what? That is funny. That is absolutely funny. <laughs> so I mean, when you look at this game, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a fun week of Penguins hockey. If you if you got your coffee ready, you make sure you get your coffee ready because it is going to be a lot of late nights on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. That is the schedule coming up. You got a ten. 10- on Tuesday, a 10.30 on Thursday, a 10.30 on Saturday, and then a 10 on Monday. And let's not forget, on Monday, before that 10 o'clock start, we will be doing and choosing our winner for the Pittsburgh Penguins alternate jersey giveaway. So make sure you get your opportunities, get your chances, get your entries in by next week, because on Monday, one week from today, we will be giving away a Pittsburgh Penguins third jersey. Again, go to at Iceberg Podcast. And make sure you enter below the pin tweet. I believe it still is. But we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to have Danny Shiree Irving of the DK Pittsburgh Sports. We'll be right back. The NFL playoffs are here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN this super wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. We are joined by a very special guest right now, writer and analyst for DK Pittsburgh Sports. Please welcome onto the show, Danny Shiree. How's it going, Danny? I'm doing great, guys, and it's uh, it's pretty hard to complain with how the Penguins have been playing recently, going on the winning streak, and and Crosby's starting to come around, and he's piling up those multi-point performances, and and Gensel's carrying off right where he was uh, before he ended up having that hand injury. So it's hard to find much to complain about on uh, on my end. It's hard to complain about anything when you're in a nine-game winning streak. <laughs> Most definitely. I think it's funny too because that nine-game winning streak, when you look at it. Seven of the nine games, the Penguins held their opponents to under three goals. And that's an underrated part of the Penguins game right now is the fact that they play so well defensively. Now, we know Marcus Pedersen's game is always kind of lean defense first, but his D partner, John Marino, has been tasked by the coaching staff, it almost seems like, to take that same approach this season. Danny, how do you evaluate John Marino's year so far? 
Yeah, so it's Marino. Looking at Marino now, I think a lot of Penns fans, when he first came in and, and found that immediate immediate success, a lot of people thought that, you know, this is a guy that might be able to take over for Latang as the number one guy here in a few years. Um, and I, I think everybody might have jumped the gun a little bit on that one. But um, he he's still been a pretty solid defensive player this year, not to the, the lengthy extents that we saw during his rookie season. Um, but, you know, his his partnership with Pedersen, they are, they've been together for pretty much the entire time he's been here. And we know that they're going to have those solid defensive results. The thing that I'd like to see a little bit more from Marino, and he has been pretty good at, at transitioning the puck up ice, but I'd like to see a little bit more uh, offensive um, flair from him, if you will. I mean, it's it's not necessarily something where I'm looking for him to put up a bunch of points or anything like that, but. I think there's another element to his game, and we kind of saw that. I believe it was against San Jose where he kind of walked the blue line and, and rushed down into the slot and tried to make a pass to the back door. So those are the kinds of things that I'm looking for from Marino offensively, but it's still it's tough to, to complain about too much when he's still out there for a positive share of, of shot attempts, of scoring chances, expected goals, and the Penguins are even controlling the, the hefty share of, of just on-ice goals when he's out there. So um, I'm not necessarily sure that he's ever going to uh, develop into that guy that's going to be able to take over as the number one for Latang. But, um, you know, he's, he's definitely been solid. Yeah, I'm the one on this podcast who's still trying to gain their grasp on analytics so apologies now if i sound ignorant or anything but um, like i said as i'm still trying to gain that grasp it's what can be said about evan rodriguez analytically this year aside from just being the breakout star that he already has been well, analytically, I mean, he's he's been one of the best players in the NHL this year, and and that's at both ends of the ice. We we've seen his ability to to put the puck in the back of the net as as well as drive chances. We've seen a number of beautiful feeds from him this year that have led to goals as well, where he's flown into the offensive zone and and threatened to shoot. And one of the things I love most about him is that he's always got the puck in his hip pocket, which essentially is a threat to move the puck at any time, whether it be a shot or a pass. And he's really good about hiding what he's going to do and whatever the defense gives him, he'll take. And he's been really, really good at, at finding those seams as well as getting those shots off. Um, but I've been especially uh, encouraged with his defense defensive play as well because it, it's kind of flying under the radar but with how good he's been at transitioning the puck up ice and, and cycling the puck in the offensive zone is that the Penguins aren't spending a whole lot of time in the D zone and that's leading to pretty solid defensive impacts and uh, analytically speaking um, I think defense kind of has some blurred lines because you know the the guy that's in the defensive zone making stick checks and intercepting passes might not always have def- strong defensive impacts where guys who might not be as good at at those certain niche skills have better impacts because they can keep the puck away from their own end. And that's something that Rodriguez has done really well with this year. I mean, you've even seen his confidence. What was it last Wednesday or this Wednesday, this past Wednesday when they played the blues, he did a spinorama pass when nobody was around him. It seemed like for no reason, it's just the confidence that he has to go out there and do random things and do them well and then also, of course, you know, his shot has just been an absolute revelation this season. Yeah, no doubt. And his skating is super strong, too. I, that was something that I kind of overlooked his uh, his first couple seasons here. Um, but you're absolutely right that, you know, now that he's playing with that confidence 
um, not only with the puck on his stick, but he's using his skating and his strong edges to his ability too. like you said, with those, he's pulled that spinorama spinorama move quite a few times this year. And, uh, you know, that no player that has any inkling of doubt in his abilities is going to even attempt to make that move. So I, I definitely think that speaks to how he feels about his game and what he knows he can bring to the table. I want to shift focus a little bit to a, a player that's not currently in the lineup, and that's Jason Zucker. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about him, highs and lows and everything in between. He's currently on the shelf due to the lower body injury, but when he returns, where do you think he conceivably slots in if this team is all healthy and that is an if? So since Zucker got here, I've I've probably been one of his bigger proponents. Uh, I you know we we saw the success that he had alongside Crosby in those twelve games he played in the in the season that he was acquired. Um, but the the funny thing about Zucker to me is that last year his on ice metrics in terms of chances at both ends of the ice were terrible. Like the the Penguins controlled like something like forty percent of the expected goals in his however many hundreds of minutes of time on ice last year. And that's just not going to cut it for a guy that's playing second line minutes with Evgeny Malkin. Um, but the the thing with it was, was that he was still scoring goals at a decent rate, even if those on ice metrics weren't great this year. However, the on ice metrics have been pretty superb and he hasn't been able to put the puck in the back of the net. And with, the price tag that he comes along with if he's not putting the puck in the back of the net it's a it's a pretty tough pill to swallow so it really just depends I'm not I'm not going to clamor for him to get any more time with Crosby just because you know Rust has uh what is it five goals in his past two games since returning alongside Mm -hmm. Crosby and we also saw what Rodriguez could do alongside him too I don't think that Zucker is a great fit alongside Malkin. I, I think their styles really just don't gel all that well. So if if you, I think you just got to find a spot for him on that third line whenever he's healthy. But otherwise, they <laughs> Hextall better be looking into finding so, a taker for him to to get him out of there because with and even seeing guys like Casper Bjorkquist who've stepped up, I'm not saying that he's as good of a player as Zucker, but if you're taking his, you know, entry level contract versus Zucker's five and a half million that he's making, I'll take that trade off every day. Figured he'd be looking for a trade. And I mean, the trade of uh, Sam Lafferty seems to be the, you know, the most recent news that we've had as of recording this uh, interview, at least, but from your perspective, what is your immediate reactions of, uh, that trade of losing Lafferty and gaining an Alex Nylander. And everyone take this one with a grain of salt because this is a guy that said uh, Jeff Carter was a bad trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm not a fan of Lafferty at all. We we've see, we know that he's a, a really fast skater and a strong skater. Um, and, and we've seen some of that playmaking upside that he has. But for a guy like him, he was never going to see those middle six minutes that a guy with his skill set might be able to flourish. And the Penguins asked him to kind of play like that Tanev role to just kind of go out there and, and wreak havoc and create chaos and, and go bang bodies. But the way Lafferty went about it, I constantly saw him doing it at, at the wrong times and taking himself out of position to go throw those hits. And then next thing you know, the the opposition's going the other way on an odd man rush. So um, I was extremely pleased that they found a taker for him just so that we don't have to watch him anymore. And and the (laughs) fact that they were able to get a former top 10 pick in return for him is just astounding. Um, But as far as Nylander is concerned, I, he's not going to be anything close to a a top 10 pick. Um, He's, he's kind of just 
been okay down in the minors and he hasn't even played in the NHL in a couple of seasons. So um, I kind of think he's a bit of an unknown right now, um, but it's certainly a positive if, if Lafferty's gone and you've got a guy that is at least has that, that pedigree and that upside that, that comes along with being a top 10 pick. One of the biggest storylines all season long has has been Casey DeSmith and whether or not he still has what it takes to be the backup goaltender for this team. Now, you look at the performances that he had this past week. How much longer do you see the Penguins sticking with DeSmith right behind Tristan Jari? You know, if you would have asked me that before the St. Louis game, I probably would have told you they're they're going to end up sticking with him for a while. But with the the short leash that Sullivan gave him during that St. Louis game, as soon as I saw Jari coming in, I was like, oh, his days are numbered here. Like I and even after the game, I remember Sullivan said something along the lines of, you know, we we still believe we're still confident in him. We still believe he's a quality goaltender, but we know that Sullivan's never the kind of coach that's going to go and throw his players under the bus. Mm-hmm. So um, I I'd be surprised if he's if he's um, still the Penguins backup past the trade deadline putting a, an exact date on when he might be gone. I'm not exactly sure, but I'd be shocked if he's here by the end of the season. Is a guy like Louis Domingue a capable uh, replacement for one? Uh, probably not, but it, he's at least worth a look because, you know, uh, I I think you said it at, at the start of the show where uh, seven of the Penguins' last nine games, they've given up two or fewer goals in the two games in which they didn't, the Smith started, and, the, and that's been a common theme all season. So, uh, it, you know, Domingue is worth a look. His his body of work in the NHL hasn't been all that great, even though he did go on that. He won a bunch of games with Tampa a few years ago. Um, but if you looked at the at the quality of shots he was facing versus the actual goals he was giving up, he was still below water in, in terms of that. So um, I'm not necessarily holding my breath thinking that Domingue can show up and be a capable backup. But like I said, he's he's got to be worth a look at this point. Yeah. Uh, so when would you start to consider this team a legitimate cup contender? And does the past few playoff uh, years, you know, put a stain on that on those thoughts? Uh, the only thing from the past, the previous postseasons that would put a stain on those thoughts was Tristan Jari, and he's been lights out this season. So uh, I've been telling everybody that I'm I'm still not going to fully trust him until I see him in the postseason. Um, but, you know, he, he really has been fantastic this year. But right now the Penguins still don't even have Malkin back and, and they're playing some of the best hockey across the NHL and getting a, a future hall of fame talent back in the lineup, even if he's, you know, well past his prime, that's going to add another element and another dynamic to the Penguins attack. So I, I'm, I'm a believer that this team can, can make a run in the postseason. I'm not going to sit here and, and say that they're going to make it to the final or, or go on and win the cup just because, you know, we've seen good teams lose to lose to far, weaker teams in, in a six game sample. That's, that's just hockey. You, you see those giant luck swings and, and that percentage luck go in, in those short samples. Um, but, you know, with the way the Penguins have played with the way they attack and the way that they've been insulating the, the high danger areas in their own end, I have no reason to believe that this isn't a team that can't win come playoff time. One last quick question for you, Danny, the Penguins, this week are going to go into their Western California road trip. The last time they did it, they went 0-3 and got blown out in a couple of those games. Do you think they improve on that this time around? 
I would think so because I, I haven't looked at the exact numbers, but I feel like the Penguins have always played pretty well out West, whether it be out in California or, or up in, in Canada. Um, but, you know, just with the way they've been rolling, I have no reason to, I'm not going to sit here and say they're just going to win every game on that trip. But, uh, you know, with the way they've been playing, I, I still think that they can take, you know, four or five out of every six points that they have to earn in the standings. And, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, of many of the teams out West either. I think the East is a far superior conference. Um, and, and uh, I think we see some of those Western teams have a little bit of a more inflated point total or more inflated results just because of the weaker competition that they see on a more frequent basis. So I, I would have a pretty strong vindication that it'll be a good trip for the Penguins. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Danny Shiree, we'll give you a couple minutes here. What's coming up for you at DK Pittsburgh Sports? Yeah, so every Thursday I have a the Drive to the Net column drops. It's a, a weekly analysis. I'll take a look at individual players, um, mechanics, team-level stuff, um, basically whatever's going on and I whatever I think is worth taking a look at. I'll, I'll try and go in-depth as I can and um, share my insights and, and knowledge and, and um, try and help people understand the game better and, and understand um, a lot of those little things that, that happen so quickly. Um, but on top of that, if uh, you guys want to follow me on Twitter at Danny Shirey, PGH, uh, you can keep up with all my hockey content there. I tweet out charts, graphs, tweet out my articles. Um, I was doing video breakdowns as well, but I kind of put that on the back burner i'm hoping to get back to that soon so um yeah well one last time danny thank you so much for joining us yep thanks for having me guys i really appreciate it hockey fights lifestyle and tales from a first round draft bust we have it all and more on the hockey podcast network your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the nhl Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and better opportunities. Again, that's promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. One last thank you goes out to Danny Shiree for joining us on the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. He is, of course, of DK Pittsburgh Sports. You can follow him at Danny Shiree, PGH, all the great articles that he has coming out and obviously he has amazing you know graphs charts and whenever he he does and he said that in the, at the end of the interview he has also really great video breakdowns if he has the time which we're all looking for at the end of the day we all need a little bit more time in the day but uh let's finish off this show with our weekly pens poll horwat our pens poll this week if evgeny malkin plays in 50 games this season which let me double check right now how many games the Penguins have played because this was out when we expected him. I think I expected him back on Saturday to be, to be completely honest. Cause I was hoping, but uh, 34 games played for the Penguins right now. So that means there is 48 games remaining in the season. If he starts Tuesday, he'll have 48 games. How many points do you predict he will score? Twitter is a little bit pessimistic. They say 30 to 40 points, 33%. 40 to 50 points, 31%. 50 to 60 points, 25%. And 60 plus gets 11% of the vote. So it is a sliding scale from the low amount to the high amount with the uh, the inverse there 
the majority of people think he'll score lower than a point per game. I, I was in the 40 to 50, so I think I was giving him just about. I was banking on the higher end of 40 to 50 because, I mean, between 40 and 50 is a lot. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think I was banking on the 40 to 50 just because <clears throat> he's not the same as his MVP caliber player. Let's just be honest. No. I mean, he's coming off of injury. He's kind of got to regain some speed. But he still is Evgeny Malkin and can still perform. Who knows? He might come back and immediately put up four points. Tell us all to screw off. (laughs) But for now, I think 40 to 50 is just respectable because he is still Evgeny Evgeny Malkin and can still perform in a certain way. It's just a matter of seeing it and catching up to speed. I think 40 to 50 just makes sense. Um, especially now that if it's only 48, mm-hmm. give him about a point per game. I don't hate that. A point per game out of Getty Malkin's a great season. Even if he's a little under, I think we're still finding it as a success. Mm-hmm. So the last time we saw Getty Malkin was that playoffs that you mentioned, six points in four games. That's over a point per game on one knee, yeah. as you also mentioned. Uh, he's also saying that his knee has never felt better, which might just be something that people say when they're coming off of a knee surgery, which a lot of people usually do, but I, I choose to believe him. I think in this sample size here, 48 games played, he's basically playing a shortened season like he did in 2012, 13. He had a pretty good year that year. If you don't remember correctly, he had a pretty good year. So my vote officially went to the 50 to 60 range. I think he's going to be a little over a point a game. I think he's going to have a couple of explosive performances, especially when you look at who the Penguins haven't played yet. They still have a lot of games against the Eastern Conference. Not quite as stingy and sturdy as the Western Conference. The Penguins have played a lot of their Western Conference schedule already. So a lot of Eastern Conference teams, a lot of high-flying matchups. You got the Carolina Hurricanes that we still haven't played. You got the New York Rangers that you still haven't played. Those tend to be high-scoring matchups that Evgeny Malkin will thrive in. So I think over a point a game is a solid bet. So I I officially betted and put my vote down for 50-60. But I'm not saying the people that voted 60-plus, there's 11% of you that said 60-plus points. I'm not saying you're crazy. I could for sure see that happening. Now, if I am am a betting man, I would put it on 50-60. to But I I wouldn't be surprised at all if he scored 60-plus points in 48 games. I wouldn't be surprised to see any of these. I think Malkin's such a, I don't know how to put it, He's such an wildly hmm, alternating player. He can be very phenomenal and Hall of Fame caliber, but then we've seen red mist and the nothing coming from it. We've seen all ends of the spectrum with Evgeny Malkin, so I wouldn't be shocked to yeah. see any of these. I like. Sure, I want him to do well. Sure, I want to see him score 60-plus. I just don't think it'll happen. Sure, 40 to 50 makes the most sense, and I think that's what will happen. But I wouldn't be shocked if it didn't. I wouldn't be shocked if he went out there and sucked. Just because he is older, has missed a ton of time, and sure, his he might feel his knee might feel the best it's ever felt, but it's, he's still coming off of a vast knee surgery. I just wouldn't be surprised. Again, that's just me being a realist and just not being surprised by anything Evgeny Malkin does anymore. We've seen it all. So... If he comes out and he blows, I'm not going to be shocked. I'm going to be upset about it and want to see more, but I'm not going to be totally surprised. If he goes out and busts it up and gets 60+, plus, I also won't be surprised because he's Evgeny Malkin. So every end of the spectrum here, I'm prepared for. 
That's just me, though. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's fair. And here's the thing: I would be extremely surprised if we saw Evgeny Malkin suck. I really don't think he's going to suck. I, I don't think he's going to suck. And, and I know that you're not saying like he's going to be the worst player in the NHL, but I think we're going to see Evgeny Malkin. Like it's not going to be a shell of himself. It's going to be the guy. We're not going to see similar to what we're seeing in the NFL with Ben Roethlisberger. He is a shell of himself. Yet they still made the playoffs, which they shouldn't have, but that's not something I'll get into on this. But we're going to see a good Evgeny Malkin. We're going to see a second line center in the National Hockey League like Evgeny Malkin has been for his whole career, which, I mean, he's been a second-line center, but he's clearly one of the top centers, one of the top 10, 15 centers of this generation. So I think what we're going to see is a really good player. I think the other thing that gives me really big confidence in his return is the fact that they haven't rushed it. You know, he's been skating. He's basically had more of a training camp than the guys that are playing have. He's had a long training camp, a lot of time to rehab it. They have not rushed him back saying, hey, we need you in there. And that is props to the team because not only have they stayed afloat, they just came off of a 10-game win streak. They've played really well. So I think the fact that he's been able to take his time with this recovery to kind of ease his way back into practice, and we saw him in a no-contact jersey for literally like a month, and now he's eased his way back in. He's in full-contact jersey for like two, three weeks. The fact that he's taken his time and the Penguins have allowed him to take his time in this rehab gives me a lot of confidence that when he returns, he's not only just going to be ready, he is going to be extremely, extremely excited and he's going to be really good in his return. Yeah, it's exciting to see regardless because you're getting a player of that caliber back. I just keep flipping through Twitter to see if any more announcements are being made on any of this, but so far nothing. (laughs) They're in... They're on the West Coast, so oh, they me, are. I look That's at it, right. it's, it's 7.41 their time, so they're all still sleeping. I gotta get up to that, yeah. I have to get used to that all week. Mm-hmm. I'll be, like, clocking into work at 4 o'clock, and they'll be starting morning skate over there. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I talk about West Coast teams waking up to watch their team play. Then when the East Coast teams go out West, it's, yeah, you're missing your team play because you're asleep, probably. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Thank you one last time to Danny for joining us from DK Pittsburgh Sports. If you like that interview, it will be in a couple parts. A couple of parts of that will be on our YouTube channel, so you can subscribe to us there at the Tip of the Iceberg podcast on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, at Iceberg Podcast, and make sure you enter for a chance to win a third jersey. We don't give away jerseys very often because, you know, we don't make a lot of money, but we wanted to do this for our listeners because we got to thousand followers we got to 200 episodes and as of right now we're having a fantastic month in the the downloads we thank everybody that has tuned in so far in the first 10 days of this new year of 2022 we thank everybody that's about to tune in for the rest of 2022 that's going to do it for this episode thank you for tuning in we will see you guys on thursday have a great week pens fans stay up late and make sure your coffee is ready you can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.